Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm Will. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons from Monster Membrane to Memorable Murder. And today we're talking about Mistra. Mistra. Hey, Brian. Tell me of God, Will. <laughs> I'll tell you of a goddess, in fact. Excellent. Um, so Mistra is the goddess of magic for the Forgotten Realms uh, campaign setting, very specifically. Um, she's a very popular uh, D&D god. The and wizard goddess. In a way, yeah. She is uh, a greater deity and one of the absolutely most powerful de- deity in all of the cosmos. Do wizards pray to her and are yes. like, how come, I, how come I'm not a sorcerer? <laughs> big, why do you make that. me read so much um i i would actually think that wizards are a little bit more favored uh in mistress eyes and sorcerers although she <laughs> still favors sorcerers as well but we'll get into that okay um so she is also known as the mistress of magic and the mother of mystery and she guides the weave of magic that encompasses the world uh tending to it at all times the weave and mistra are so intertwined in fact as to essentially be I- inseparable and almost one in the same Okay. It's said that her veins are the ley lines of the weave. Uh, her breath are the mists, and her body is the thrumming earth. Because, again, the weave permeates all life and all existence, all material. You know those uh, big brain memes where, like, the, the you can see through into yeah, the brain, yeah. and it's, like, glowing, and, mm-hmm. like, the little, like, beams of energy are, like, that's Mistra. That's Mistra. Mistra exactly. is the big brain meme. It's absolutely. <laughs> so Mistra is a, de- a deity that has been around since first edition, and she has had no less than four different incarnations during her tenure. Okay. So she has been murdered, undone, reincarnated all many times. It's very cryptic. Um, no fewer than four. More, no fewer than four times. But well, as exactly many, four times. Exactly. But four as times. many as infinite. <laughs> she is. Uh, her history <laughs> is quite complex, and as each of her incarnations are very much different people. 
So there's oh. just a lot to her. Okay. And because she's such a popular goddess, she's been in a lot of fucking books. Oh. And so there's just so much to tell. So this is just going to be like a very cursory overview. The I'm going to cram as much as I can in, but it, there's only so much I can talk about in our allotted time. She would take many, many episodes to cover in completion. And maybe we'll do that one day. I don't know. But anyways. Uh, she's gone from chaotic neutral to lawful neutral to neutral good, and in her current incarnation, her domains are good, illusion, knowledge, magic, runes, and spells. Okay. So, as you can tell, like, a lot of times, the more powerful deity, a deity is, uh, the more um, items they have in their portfolio, and she's got, like, seven, so that's oh, an indicator. I see. Yeah. Um, like, the things that they're in charge of. Exactly. Uh, it, so, uh, hmm, when you're... Continue, please. I'm sorry. No, no. It sounds like you had a question. What do you got? No, no. I'll get to it later. All right. All right. Uh, So let's get into the story of Mistra, starting with her original incarnation known as Mistril. Okay. So her- Is that like the one E? Uh, (laughs) Yes. It's it's like the first edition. It's it's her original incarnation. And uh, Mistril's story begins with the creation mythos of the Forgotten Realms, which is different from anything else we've really talked about. So at the dawn of- time the over deity lord ao who i don't think we've really talked about much but in forgotten realms like there's there's a, a super god <laughs> his okay. name's lord ao they don't talk about him much but he's really important because he does come up every once in a while is that my everything dad he's everything dad there oh, it is my yeah everything dad. so we have talked about he's him, back yeah. everything dad is back so lord ao created the universe and born from the chaos of his creation came the twin deities of shar and saloon uh, goddesses of light and darkness. Okay. These are very prominent greater deities in Forgotten Realms lore, but at this point of the story, they're at a level of power even mightier than than a greater deity. It's like somewhere between like uh, what we know as a greater deity and the, the everything dad. Okay. Like right cool. in between there. All right. They're the almost everything daughters. So <laughs> okay. These are very, uh, where, where was I? Uh, uh, somewhere uh, between greater deities and then the over deity father. Together, the goddesses created many worlds, including the world of Forgotten Realms known as a bear Toril, which is really two worlds, but I'm not going to get into that. Okay. Um, and along with this double <coughs> world um, was born the greater deity spirit of the world, uh, Shantea. So, okay. So again, it's getting there's real, a lot of birthing going on. There's a lot on. of birthing going on. Well, it's the birth of the universe. You know, it all has to start. There's somewhere. a lot of spontaneous <laughs> birth combustion. And happening. now this was a thing. <laughs> so Shantea desired life, light, and warmth for her world, and she beseeched the twin deities uh, for this exactly. And Saloon, goddess of light, supported the idea, and Shar, goddess of darkness, fucking hated the idea. <laughs> But behind Shar's back, Saloon gifted Shantea uh, the sun, and Shar immediately tries to extinguish the sun. Oh, God. Um, okay. This, this starts a war between the two. Uh, and this war is ongoing to this day in a lot of ways. All right. Um, but yeah. So at some point in the struggle, Shar gains the upper hand and ends up extinguishing many of Saloon's motes of light, which I think it just means stars. But I'm not clear on that. It's probably stars. Just eats them. It just eats them. Eats them whole. So in desperation, Saloon tears a piece of her magical essence from herself and hurls it at her sister. (laughs) (laughs) This is all I got. This is all I got. This is my last. This rib. This rib. The the impact was such that it broke off a a portion of Shar's essence 
while also casting Shar temporarily into the void, whatever the fuck that means. Oh. Um, for like a couple centuries, Shar was just not there anymore. <laughs> you like got hit with your <laughs> sister's life energy yeah. and you got phased out of existence yeah, for a little she bit. Has, she essentially just got knocked the fuck out. Yeah. Um, so the blending of these two essences that broke off of light and dark uh, blended together and ended up birthing an entity of pure magic known as Mistral. Did the event look like a like a WWE phenomena? Like, did somebody pick up? Did she pick up like a fucking chair? Like, she pull her right. body essence out and like, like in the form of a chair? Yeah, a, 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 an aluminum chair and just like fucking smack the back of the head of the other sister. Absolutely, yeah, that's totally. exactly how it went down. Pile driver. <laughs> right, exactly. Something like that. A ladder. You broke a table. So the breaking off of these essences not only birthed like the super powerful goddess known as Mistral, but it also greatly diminished the twin goddesses uh, in power, kind of bringing them back, to, bringing them down to greater regular DD. Greater DD yeah. level. Now they're just like a regular god. Okay. So Mistral was a capricious and free-spirited chaotic neutral entity. Uh, she had somewhat of a mother-daughter relationship with uh, both of her two mothers but also regularly resisted both of their attempts to control her. As a being made up of both light and darkness, she served as a balance between the wills of Saloon and Shar. And so she was her own person. She kind of just did her own thing. Okay. So, I mean, I'm not going to get into a lot of the crazy details of Mistral because, again, this is only the first incarnation, and it's super not pertinent to anything going on in D&D now, so we're going to just jump straight to her death. Uh, and then, <laughs> and then she died later. Mistral, and then she died. <laughs> so the death of Mistral came when an archmage by the name of Karsis developed a 12th level spell known as Karsis's Avatar. Ooh. So he had developed the spell as a way to defeat um, these aberrations that threatened to destroy his home nation of Netheril. This is all extremely like important lore when it comes to like Forgotten Realms, but I'm not going to tell Netheril's story along with all this other shit on this episode. Netheril will get its own episode. Okay. So um, it was the single most powerful spell that was ever crafted, and it was designed to temporarily rob a deity of their power and grant it to the spellcaster. Oh, shoot. And the deity he chose was the goddess of magic herself, Mistral. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do even more magic. <laughs> Indeed. I'm going to use this good-ass magic to do more magic. But when her it. godly essence poured into him, he was overwhelmed and he lost control of her power because, <laughs> you know, she's the fucking goddess of magic. Also, you cast a 12th level spell, you're probably fucking exhausted. Yeah, that too. So in the chaos, Mistral's holding on the weave weakened because, again, he's not able to contain the power. So now the weave's going crazy. Um, and it began to unravel and all magic in the world went temporarily berserk. Oh, no. So to save the weave, Mistral sacrificed her own life which killed Karsis, who was kind of connected to her in that whole, like, Karsis' oh, okay. thing. Um, and the weave was saved, but much of Nethril, the Empire, was fucking obliterated. Like, they had a bunch of floating cities, and, you know, how do you make cities float via magic? And, oh, what, magic's not working? So they all fell out of the sky. Dope. <laughs> so moments later, the goddess was supposedly, well, not supposedly, was reincarnated into the vessel of a young female human peasant, who had just begun her magical training but showed signs of like prodigious ability. Mm. Um, from what I can gather, this girl was essentially chosen by the weave and given the powers of Mistral, and she became the first Mistra. Okay. So just random human girl who probably was going to be super gifted was just given the powers of goddess. They could make a uh, wizards could make a, a movie like a D&D movie like mm -hmm. into the Mistraverse. Like with all these damn mistresses. <laughs> it's so true. All the mistresses. I like that. I would watch that. <laughs> It'd probably be a bad movie, but I'd watch it. Whatever, man. They're all bad. Okay. So um, being a completely different person from her predecessor, Mistra, this is the first Mistra. This isn't even the, the Mistra we're really talking about today. 
But anyways, being a completely different person from her predecessor, Mistra approached her godhood from a very lawful, neutral standpoint. Rather okay. than a chaotic neutral like Mistral. Uh, she made magic a more methodical and logical practice, establishing new rules for its use. She banned all spells above ninth level, causing them to simply not work. Um, <laughs> she is the limiter on spellcasters' number of slots. She's the reason spellcasters can only memorize a certain number of spells, can only cast a certain number in a day. Like the whole mechanics behind, like, you know, the idea of like a, a D&D spellcaster. Yeah. Supposedly she is the law that enforces that. She she is the written like the da- she she's, she's the level cap. In, she's the level cap. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah. Limiting how many spells could be held in a single mind before Mistra. There were no wizards, but through her wizardry became essentially the path to ultimate arcane power. Okay. Because the better you understand and follow her rules, the more she's going to reward you. That's dope. Yeah. So this Mistra is what I would consider to be the classic Mistra um, that is responsible for most of the things the goddess of magic is known for. Uh, she created the position of Magister, a title given to the world's greatest practitioner of magic, cool. and giving them even like more extra power. She sponsored two mortals to godhood, Azuth, the lord of spells and god of wizards, and her former Magister chosen and even lover for a time. Um, and her greatest ally to this day, regardless of incarnation, and Savras, the god of knowledge and divination, who he has a complicated history we're not going to get into. Um, she directly tutored Elminster Amar, you know, the most famous, Ooh, yeah. and some would say That's the greatest a, wizard in the history of Faerun. Popular name. Um, yeah, very, very much so, and made him her chosen, and mm-hmm. he's still chosen to this day, if I, uh, I believe, if I'm correct. She warred with many deities and archmages that coveted her power for thousands of years, and through her position... Though her position weighed on her, she never faltered until the time of troubles. <laughs> oh, oh gosh! So let's talk a little bit about the time of troubles because it's an exceptionally important era in Forgotten Realms history. It sounds like a bad time. It was it was a bad time for some people. It was a very opportunistic opportunistic time for others, and we'll get into oh, the hows and whys of that's that. It's like the two thousand seven eight recession. Sure, yeah, it's just like the two thousand eight recession. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> So at some point, over deity Lord Ao, everything dad, got sick of everyone's shit. Uh, <laughs> he tired. I'm sick of all this everything. Yeah. The shitty parts anyway. <laughs> the shitty parts anyways. Uh, he tired over uh, that many gods, const- their constant pursuit for power and negligence of mortals. Like He's like, I put you guys here to watch the fucking mortals. <laughs> uh, he really got mad at a pair of evil gods uh, plan, Bane and Mercurial, who attempted to steal the tablets of fate from him. Um, And they they did. They actually they stole the tablets of fate, but they stole them under the um, idea that this would rob Lord Ao of his power and they would get his power. But that's not how that works. So it didn't work. He just got really mad. He was also like, you left all the lights on in the house. You weren't even in those rooms. (laughs) Exactly. That's so true. Um, So with with this with this last uh, transgression of stealing the tablets of fate, he decides it's time for a change. He cast every single deity, both great and small, into Faerun in vulnerable mortal forms. Only one god, Helm, who is like a really lawful good deity, was spared from this fate as he was given the task of keeping all the other gods out of the outer realms or heaven, if you will. Okay. Basically, he was like, guard this doorway at the end of this stairwell, which is the only way any of these motherfuckers are getting back and stop any (laughs) of them from getting back. And Helm's like, yes, sir. Because that's just the kind of guy he is. Helm, you've been a good boy. You turn off all the lights when you leave the room. (laughs) It's so true. He would, too. He's Helm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Until the tablets of fate were returned to him. That was was the deal. Like, y'all are mortal now until I get these fucking tablets of fate Everything dad is like, okay, I don't 
don't fucking care who did it. I'm going to close my eyes. And when I open them, the tablets of fate better be sitting on my bed. <laughs> That's exactly it. That's exactly how it goes down. So oh, um, during this time, many gods were <laughs> destroyed because they were in mortal form and they got fucking murdered. <laughs> uh, and because were, of that, everybody was really confused about it probably yeah, for a little bit. Indeed. Like, oh, shit. Am I dying? And because of that, many mortals ascended to godhood. Okay. And, uh, other gods were resurrected later on because this is basically like comic books. And Wait, like, th- did many mortals ascend to godhood because they just got returned back to normal? Is that what you mean by that? No, or? what I mean is like some mortals, like gods got murdered and someone's got to oh, take their place. somebody like mounted that horse and mm-hmm. rode it into you know, yeah, like a space of, or whatever. A lot of mortals did. And yes, okay. Well, we will do an episode on the Time of Troubles. Okay. Absolutely. One day. Okay. Um, and for Mistra, the Time of Troubles did not end well, but we'll talk about that after the short rest. Okay. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to the part of the episode we're not talking about that last thing. We're not talking about everything anymore, and, and the dad of everything. We're talking about love. I love you guys for listening to the show. Well, really someone would say love is everything. 
Who says that? I don't know. I'm, just, I'm tired today. Hi, hi, Brian. I will. Hi, everyone. Uh, that's fine if love is everything. Um, sure. I mean, my love for the listener is everything right now. There we go. That's yeah, what I meant. Let's bring it back around. Uh, tell the, tell them about how much you love them specifically. I love them all the much. Specifically, all the much love to you guys. Let's go get into some. Sorry for my my gravelly voice. If anybody follows me on Instagram, you know I've been having a crazy weekend. Um, happy Halloween. That, that already happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and happy three years uh, of the Dungeon Cast. Well, Indeed. Woo! We made three it. Three years. It was 156. <laughs> it was last episode, uh, Draco Liches, and we did not mention it because in the recording at all because time, that yeah. was two weeks ago. Today yeah. is the day uh, that episode, Draco Liches drops the day we're recording this, and it is today is the official oh, three-year wow. anniversary. It's today. Oh, wow. We yeah. should do something. <laughs> We're recording the show, man. Oh, yeah. I guess that's, that's the best thing that we I don't can know, do. I don't know if we have time to do anything. <laughs> it's true. We have no lives. Um, oh, yeah. Catch my Instagram if you want to see my life. <laughs> there, there's a, there's a stuff we got to talk about. Yeah. Let's talk about the contest. Should we start there? or Let's talk about patrons. Patrons. That's probably a better place past, to start. Yeah. Past Cyprus. Thank you uh, for reaching out to us. We messed up. And uh, we totally owe, missed your shout out. Yeah, we missed your shout out, and we owe you a mug. We and did every mugs on the way. I just never. We were talking about how this has never happened before, yeah, as yeah. far as we know. As far as shit. we know. Oh gosh. So, so <laughs> if if something is awry uh, with your Patreon, anything like that, feel free to reach out to us. We are on the Patreon. We are on. You can reach out to us at thedungeoncast@gmail.com. You can reach out to us on Discord. Mm-hmm, Me, mm-hmm. Will, and I are available to take your inquiries at Indeed any time. We are. Um, so, yeah, thanks. Let's talk about our other patrons that have come on board since our last recording, Will. Okay. Thank you, Brett. I'm going to say Loaf. Thank you, Brett Loaf. It might be Brett Lowe, but thanks, it's Brett. It's probably Brett Lowe, but uh, <laughs> I, I re- Brent Lowe. Uh, but Brent. I, was, I think I said Thank you, Brett. Brent. You did say Damn Brent. Damn it. Um, sorry. I just really. Brian, why did we let you read this list? <laughs> I just torched this man's name. Uh, okay. Thank you, Luke Tunis. Thanks, Luke. Is that an N? Yeah. yeah, I I didn't want to say. I mean, to tourists. be fair, you are reading the list from across the room. Let me uh, make the zoom. Good. Oh, there we go. That looks hey, okay. that's probably what I should have done right <laughs> off the get. Yes, it is Luke Tunis. Thank you, Luke Tunis, uh, and thank you, RPKB. Thank you, RPKB. Uh, thank you, Glitter and Be Gay. Thank you, Glitter and Be Gay. Uh, thank you, Marvin Goldhart. Thanks, Marvin. Uh, thank you, Jacob and Christian. Thanks, Jacob. Uh, thank you, Travis S. Thanks, Travis. And thank you, Rat Squire of Scrap. It's Rat, comma, Squire of Scrap. Indeed it is. Cool thank, name. Thank you, Rat. Uh, thank you, Vexreal. Thank you, Vexreal. Another cool name. Uh, thank you, Jeremy Papalio. Thank you, Jeremy. Another cool name. These names are all really cool if you think about it. Yeah. Uh, let's go up to you, Turing. Not Turing, Turing. Thank you, Turing. Thank you. Uh, Tommy. Thank you, Tommy. Thanks, Tommy. Uh, and David Bumpus. Thanks, David. Thanks, David Bumpus. You guys have sick ass names. Love it. Okay. What else do we got to talk about? The contest? Oh, yeah. There is a contest ongoing. Well, there's I like believe. two weeks left. There's about two weeks, maybe two maybe weeks three. and some change. Okay. okay. Um, anyways, we're giving away the upcoming new D&D Eberron book. I believe it's called Eberron Rising from the Last War. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want a chance to win it, all you have to do is share an episode or playlist of our 5e life play game super quest saga which is in both podcast and youtube form uh links are in the description 
And uh, if you share that on social media, you can send us a screenshot. If you share it specifically on Twitter, just use the hashtag SuperQuest, and I'll go ahead and see that. And if you do this, you'll be entered into the contest, which we will be announcing the winner on November 19th. One total prize. Uh, a second way to win is to go to Instagram, the Dungeon Cast on Instagram. There's a post with the cover of the book that we're giving away, and the rules are in the um, description of that post below. Uh, pretty much you just have to tag two people, recommend SuperQuest Saga to them. There should be a SuperQuest Saga link floating around in the bio. And that's that's pretty much it. We, we have like uh, we have roughly like 80 people that have already entered on Instagram. Oh, so, really? Yeah, 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 we got a lot of people entering y'all, then. Y'all are doing a good job. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks for sharing the show. The whole point is to spread the word about our D&D live play, uh, SuperQuest Saga. It's a really, really fun campaign. It um, is, yeah. Let's see. Do you see that over there, Will? Oh, I do. Hell yeah. Looks like the show. It is. We should go there. Let's do do it. Let's go back to it. Okay. All right, Brian. So we've returned. We've returned. Let me me take a moment to step away from the podcast and say, if this is your Monday morning commute, good luck out there. (laughs) Sorry. That's very nice of you, Brian. That was very considerate. I like that. (laughs) Um, Because I know I listen to podcasts on my morning commute, so. Mm -hmm. By morning, I mean like evening because I work nights, but whatever. If the show comes out like a little late and it's not out till like Monday night instead of Sunday night, mm-hmm. uh, the, my Monday morning commuters let me know. <laughs> For sure. I bet they do. <laughs> so last week, before the break, we were talking about the time of troubles and how Lord How it was Ao, a bad time. How it was a bad time for certain people and a better time for others <laughs> and how Lord Ao was sick of, sick of everyone's shit. Yeah. And uh, Mistra at this point, was also sick of everyone's shit. <laughs> okay, cool. So, as goddess of magic, you know, gods are always trying to kill her. Wizards are all constantly trying to usurp her power. And then now now Lord Ao is punishing everyone for Bane and Miracle's fuck up. <laughs> um, so she she comes up with a plan, like last minute plan before. Because Lord Ao gives him a little bit of heads up, like, look, time of troubles is coming. You got an hour. You got a couple hours. <laughs> I'm going to fuck you all up. I'm going to fuck you all up. Okay. But I'm coming. <laughs> but uh, so in the final hour before all the gods would be forced to walk the world's mortals, uh, Mistra hid a large portion of her power in a pendant and gifted it to a very devout, or maybe not very devout, but a devout young wizardess named Midnight. Uh, when cast out in mortal form, Mistra hunted down Midnight and regained much of her power from the pendant. Um, a lot of adventuring happens, and I'm not going to get into because this is a long story, which we'll probably cover when we do the Time of Troubles. Maybe we'll see. Uh, but long story short, Mistra also possesses a woman as her avatar to regain even more of her powers. And she opens a portal to the ethereal plane and found her way to the celestial staircase along with Midnight and some other mortals who are extremely important, but I'm not going to name because they're not important right now. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I'm just letting you know they're important so people don't get mad at me when I don't mention them. All right. Um, so here at the Celestial Staircase, Helm bars Mistress passing. She argues with him uh, that she's innocent and she just wishes to speak with Lord Ao directly. But Helm, being extremely lawful good, absolutely refuses her because he was given his <laughs> yeah. orders. He's like, nah, man. He said no. Yeah, exactly. He said no. And I cannot. I just cannot. <laughs> which uh, which makes me question, like, Mistress, what are you doing? You know Helm's not going to let you through. Yeah. Why are you here? Maybe, uh, well, what happens next? She's just mad. She's just so mad. And she's just trying to... T- <laughs> Just get it all taken uh, care of. Helm won't listen to me, even though I already should probably know that this was exactly, exactly this was going to happen. Know. I do feel for her because I'd be fucking angry too. Maybe maybe it's like a last resort. Like I have no choice but to do, think, to do this. Yeah, maybe. 
I, like I said, she's just sick of everyone's shit. <laughs> and she deserves to be. But anyways. So a mighty battle breaks out between Helm and Mistra. But in the end, Helm's got all his power. And so he prevails and he fucking murders her. So he she goes there and is like, hey, let me through. Yeah. And, and he says he's no. Like, nah. And they she's like, all right. for a bit and she straight up attacks him. And so he defends himself and murder, murders her. <laughs> That's just what... <laughs> This That's is what, what adventuring party. Uh, what do you mean you won't give me the shield at a discount? I cast fireball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and of course, to the horror of of Midnight and her companions, they have to watch uh, Mister get murdered, straight murked. Yeah. So Midnight and her group group are then tasked by Lord Ao with finding the tablets of fate. Okay. Um, now this is a very long story that I'm not going to get into, but spoilers, they do. Uh, <laughs> They Mid- comb the plains yeah. to find the tablets. Right. Midnight ends up being chosen to receive the previous goddess of magic's power. To avoid confusion, she opts to simply just continue being known as Mistra. So <laughs> okay. Midnight or Mistra 2.0 becomes the third incarnation of the goddess of magic. So Mistra 3.0. Uh, well, yeah. Well, no, because the first one was Mistral. So oh, Mistral, right. Mistra, Mistra 2.0. And, uh, and then there's a little bit more. It's like how they called the first iPhone Apple phone. Did they really? They, no, they thing? did not. Oh, I was like, <laughs> you were about to blow my mind. I was so ready to learn something new today. I think they called it iPod. Oh, no, the iPod was just the, the music device. Yes, but it, uh, like the later editions of the, the like iPhone had come out and they were making iPod and it was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is an iPhone that can't make calls. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. All right. So now this version of Mistra slash Mistral slash goddess magic is more or less more or less the current version of the goddess magic there's a little bit of caveat to that uh-huh. um, she has uh some bit of history with her getting uh murdered by one of her previous allies who Jeez. also became a god after the time of travels uh this ends up causing the spell plague slash of what we know as fourth edition um but long story short el minister restores her but now she has the memories of all her incarnations so this is like mr 2.5 Okay, cool. This is Avatar State Mistra. Yeah, Avatar, Avatar Mistra. So, anyways, those are all the incarnations of Mistra. Now we're just gonna talk about like the general goddess of magic. She'd be dying like Krillin. She'd be dying like Krillin, man. Sad. So we're coming back mad, powerful, unlike Krillin. So, oh wait, so she'd be dying like Goku. Exactly, exactly. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so roughly the same <laughs> amount of death between the two of them. It's, it's very true, and roughly the same amount of power gain, maybe. I'm all not right. sure. So, as a goddess of magic, Mistra is an essential force in the universe. She tends to she tends to and cultivates the weave of magic that permeates all things. She governs its uses and prevents those who attempt to abuse or steal its power for their own ends from doing so. Uh, she is the reason wizards can learn to harness the weave. She is the reason patrons can gift magics to their warlocks. She is the reason sorcerers can cast spells naturally and without tutelage. She sets the rules and parameters for how magic works and can change the rules as she sees fit. It is even said that she can prevent other gods from accessing the weave and inhibit all their spell casting. Wow. So she's okay. a fucking powerful goddess. So if she's in- able to tap the weave like that mm-hmm. and like wall people out, yeah. why are there great old one packs? Um, or like, okay, like, does so she not care about Forgotten like, Realms uh, doesn't really have great old ones the same way that we have great old ones. But also, Mistra is just magic incarnate. Even though this new incarnation, Mistra is technically good. Um, Mistra, as a general rule, isn't going to be like, no, bad people can't use magic or demons can't use magic. It's just like, no, these, magic these are, is open source. Magic is open source, okay. exactly. And like, these are the rules, and everyone can use it. Although this Mistra, more than any other Mistra in the past, does go out of her way to try and stop certain evil from happening. Okay. Specifically. Well, she's definitely That's not going into me. the Nine Hells. Like, that shit's super magic. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not. So anyways. All right. 
Where was I? Oh, yeah. In fact, uh, she is said to be the most powerful of the deities, but her power is limited by Lord Ao, and she is forced to keep over half of her power spread out among her chosen. <clears throat> and and Azuth as well, who is also a god. Okay. So, yeah. That's interesting. As one would imagine, this makes Mistra um, both uh, incredibly important deity. Like, she's got a lot of allies and a lot of enemies. I think I think she's one of the most important. Otherwise, I couldn't play a wizard. Yeah, fair enough. Well, in Forgotten Realms. <laughs> in Forgotten Realms, yeah. She doesn't exist outside that. So. Sure. Being such a pivotal deity also makes Mistra a goddess of many alliances and rivalries and enemies, like I just said. As said before, Mistra's closest ally is Azuth, god of wizards. Uh, I, I like Azuth. He's one of my favorite deities. I just really like his... He's kind of like... He's got a real Gandalf kind of attitude to him. Okay. And it just I, I just really like him. So anyways, Azuth advises and counsels Mistra closely, both working for the continued balance of the weave and the betterment of the art of magic. Other allies of Mistra are Corlon, whom gets that special, like, gets to tap into that high elven magic stuff where he nice. gets to do stuff above ninth level. Right. Uh, Ogma, god of uh, knowledge. Saloon, the, the kind of her mom slash grandma situation. Okay. At this point, great grandma, if we're like at 2.5 or whatever. Okay. Um, and Kelimvor, god of the dead and formal mortal friend. He's one of the dudes I didn't name from that group of people who I said are important. <laughs> okay. Uh, he was a mortal who made it to godhood. Um, Good for him. Yeah. Mistress' greatest foes include Shar, her other mom slash grandma, uh, who oppresses... Uh, who who oppressed Mistress control over magic and created what is called the shadow weave. Oh. So it's like this dark version of the weave that certain people can I don't really know about it that well. I figured we'd cover it in the Shar episode. It's the it's the it's the, uh, the it's deep the, web. It's, it's the, the dark net. It's the nega weave. <laughs> the nega weave. Oh my god. <laughs> um Bane, god of tyranny, who has had many beasts with her and is also again the cause of well, one of the main causes for how the time of troubles came about. Um, and Siric, god of lies and madness, uh, and who is also one of the old mortal friends who I didn't really name. Um, and he's the one who murdered her later. And then she became to a god of, of lies and madness. Yeah. Siric will get his own episode. And that dude has a very interesting story. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, moving on. Mistra is worshipped by all practitioners of magic, wizards, bards, sorcerers, and warlocks, good and evil, mighty and weak. She receives prayers from those who find magic wondrous or encounter magic when they fear it. Um, the, the blue clad priests that attend her temples and shrines are not clerics, but instead arcane magic users. There's a shitty bard comedian out there that's like using prestidigitation to do like fart magic. <laughs> He's like praying to Mistra at night and that his next gig goes well. And she's like, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, sure. Whatever. <laughs> Indeed. Her influence is so widespread and followers so numerous that if her clergy were more organized, excuse me would undoubtedly be the largest and most powerful religion in the world of Faerun. But her religion is disjointed and her dogma is simple. Preserve magic in all its forms and support, teach, and spread its prominence in the world. Keep an eye out for those who demonstrate high potential for using magic and help them realize their potential. Cool. Just do the magic. Do the magic. Do, do it good. Do that shit I like. <laughs> do it a bunch. Her current avatar. Tell other people to do it. <laughs> exactly. Her current avatar slash depiction is that of an attractive human female with long dark hair. Probably just her formal mortal form when she was just midnight. Okay. Like, because why would you make yourself look different? Maybe just like an, maybe an idealized version of yourself. Sure. That sounds like what someone would do. Um, her symbol is that of seven stars in a circle with a, with red mist flowing like downward out of the stars Ooh. or between the stars. That's cool. It's hard to explain. Anyways, any questions about Mistra? Because I'm, I'm done. My notes are over. <laughs> <laughs> you have any? Okay. Um, 
This, let me try to whip one up in that abrasive uh, outro. Um, I'm done. It's over. We're out of here. Well, I mean, the gaps that we're leaving in this episode sound like they're necessary to kind of like not muddle it up because we, you, you know, we're yeah. like 30 minutes deep right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so, hmm. Th- there's nothing I really want to like pry too much into. Well, right. o- other than like, so is she choosing like sorcerers like are you just when you're born with that is that something that has to do with mistra in forgotten realms or is that like a so my understanding is it's all left pretty vague but mistra sets down the rules for how things work so like the whole idea of like a baby getting caught in like a fucking primeval storm and now has lightning powers like yeah that happens according to the laws of mistra so according to the laws of mistra like there's a chance of like an infusion of magic happening in that circumstance. So it's like a ripple that comes from down the weave and you get blasted by magic energy as you're coming out of utero and you're just like, Oh shit. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, I guess so. That baby cried and breathed fire. Like that sort of thing. Sure. Uh, You know, and honestly, some of this stuff gets a little bit like confusing because like, there's a lot of races like dragons. Dragons are like inherently infused with magic. Like how much hold, hold and sway does Mistra have over like dragon magic and like the way dragon sorcerers work? Like I'm not sure. Oh, well, she doesn't give a shit about like it, it sounds like she's just like just do the magic and right, then right. you can put it through your own filters it, or whatever exactly. as long as it's still magic. Right. And I, I think that is generally how Mistra goes about doing things. But it's just supposedly she is the law that says that these things work the way they work. Every time a dragon casts polymorph, Mistress like nice, <laughs> right? Exactly, good one. And for some reason, she gives the metallics just free access to that spell. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> right. So it sounds like no more questions about Mistra. No, I don't want to dig too too much deeper into. Yeah, we'll have to do. We'll, I mean, we're going to do episodes the... on Kelimvor, on Siric, on the Time of Troubles, on the Empire of Netheril, and like you can maybe Mistra too. Um, Mistra mean... part two. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, when we do the Elminster episode, there's going to be a lot of like a classic Mistra, which is like. Oh, that'll be like our spiritual Mistra after Mistral. Okay. Yeah. It'll definitely be related to this episode. We're also going to cover Azuth one day. So like all of the the like supporting characters in this story will get their own episode, which will help flesh out the entire story. I like the function. Yeah, I like the function of this episode as like a precursor to those. That's yeah. Cool. On these bigger subjects, it's just the way I have to do it. It's just doing it any other way would be too cumbersome. Let's get ready for our long rest. Let's do it. Um, I like to fluff my pillows and brush my teeth and get my jammies. Okay. Uh, I usually don't take off my full plate, though. No, you got to sleep. You got to sleep in my full plate every night. You never know when you're going to get ambushed. Well, I can't. It's embarrassing to take it off because it fucking stinks under there. I literally (laughs) never take it off. I just squirt water down there sometimes. But before we go, let's talk about our 5e D&D Life Play, Super Quest Saga, which is a show where we hear the Dungeon Guests sit around and play Dungeons & Dragons in space. Sorry, Dungeons & Dragons. It's fine. Yeah, it is D&D in space. Space. And it's fun. And uh, you guys should check it out. The link's in the description. If you like sci-fi, but you also still really want fantasy, good good for you because it has both. Lots of both. Yeah, we're rolling uh, lots of different kinds of polyhedral die it's all true. the time in that show. Indeed. Which is essential 5e stuff. So mm-hmm. come get it. Come get it. It's delicious. Mm. Mm, a moosh-boosh. Uh, we got anything else going on? Check out our merch store, question mark. Oh, yeah. We have a merch store, and that link is also in the description. So if you want a sweet uh, Dungeon Guest t-shirt or Dungeon Guest mug or Super Quest Saga t-shirt, like the one I'm wearing now, which I'll get up so you can see. Ooh, nice shirt, Will. Thank you, sir. My wife was wearing her Super Quest Saga (laughs) shirt today. That's cool. That's awesome. They fit real nice. Uh, Basically, there's mugs and t-shirts, and if you want one, you should go there and get one. I think support us. I think you should. I really think you should. With Um, that being said, I think we can call it a game. Okay. Let's call it a game. We'll talk to you guys later. Bah.
Dungeon Cast. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.